You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I'm your host, Jill Saskin-Gales, and today I'm here with Deanna Dorsey-Calloway. She is the CEO and founder of District of Clothing and Deanna Dorsey Design, and she's also the co-founder of Creative Ladder. Deanna's love for design began as a young child with a coloring book and has since grown into an entrepreneurial passion. She uses culture, empathy, simplicity, and inspiring design to support clients in their brand development. Her compassionate nature allows her to empathize with her clients as well as their audiences, and the result has been her unique ability to create, develop, and nurture the message to best align purpose and passion for brands. Diana, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so funny to hear someone talking about you in front of me. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. And so tell us about Creative Ladder. What is Creative Ladder? Creative Ladder is a 501c3 nonprofit that was formed with the intent and the mission to connect, inspire, and elevate an inclusive new generation of creative industry leaders. We want to help make creative industries more accessible to all people. We want to help students from all backgrounds get better access to these creative industry jobs. And we firmly believe that there's not a talent deficit, but that there's an opportunity deficit. So we want to help lessen that opportunity deficit, let more people know about these jobs that they exist, help bridge the gap between the two different groups of folks, the young, talented creatives and these industry giants and professionals. And our goal really is, it seems overwhelming, but we believe firmly in it and that, you know, we can take things step by step, day by day and helping to give one more person access to helping to give one more person information to know that these jobs exist. That in itself is a step in the right direction. It's a climb on the creative ladder. <laughs> Absolutely. And I see now where the name comes from. Mm -hmm. And so important, I mean, in all industries, but especially in the creative industry, I know a lot of careers start with internships or networking, unpaid opportunities. And of course, only certain people have access to that. I know even for myself, I began my career as a journalist and I was only able to work unpaid internships because I was fortunate to have parents who were able to support me. And of course, so many people don't get those opportunities. So can you share one or two of the specific programs or initiatives Creative Ladder does to kind of help create that next generation of creative industry leaders? Yeah, you know, we actually discovered through some of our surveying that 80% of professionals said that they hadn't been offered leadership training in any consistent way. And oftentimes, if they had had access to any sort of leadership training, that they felt set up to fail. Our goal through Creative Ladder is to offer affordable Nine times out of 10, it's going to be free. Leadership training from today's most innovative, creative industry leaders who are often of color from the LGBTQIA plus community. Perhaps they're even neurodivergent. Just letting folks know that I don't believe in the I did it, so can you. But I believe in representation. I think representation matters. If you see someone who looks like you or comes from a similar background to you or has understandings of your experiences, that helps knock down some of these walls and it helps people feel inspired, 
It helps people feel encouraged as well. And our goal is really to help through leadership training and through representation of leaders in the current industry, help kind of knock down some of those barriers. So we'll do that in a couple of different ways. We have our Leadership Academy, which will be kicking off in 2023, which is wild to say 2023 because it's like right here, but it's not here just yet. I know what happened. What happened to this year. (laughs) Um, But our Leadership Academy will teach vital management skills and constructive habits to aspiring leaders that are already working in their industries. It'll be a six-month remote program, fully remote and also fully flexible to work around folks' current work schedules. Our goal there is to have something that will be both available on the East Coast as well as on the West Coast. The reason why we believe we'll have to have two different cohorts is because we want this to be an after-work experience, an after-work academy. And so we'll need to just have two so that we can access folks on both sides of the country. We also are very excited to tackle recruiting not in the general typical sense that you might be thinking, but recruiting in the sense that many people oftentimes in high school or even sometimes in college don't know that these creative industry jobs even exist. And so our goal is to help let folks know that these jobs exist, also help with buy-in. So not only will we be providing access to industry professionals for high school students, also for college students, but also creating materials that they can in turn share with their parents or guardians to let them know like, hey mom, hey dad, I don't just have to be an attorney. I don't just have to be a doctor. I don't just have to be an engineer. There's actual other pathways to success. Sometimes and more often than times, you know, it's less stressful. And I might not need eight to 12 years of schooling for this versus what I might've needed for law school or for medical school. We surveyed 280 creative professionals and Our results show that 78% of non-white creative professionals said that they were unaware their careers even existed when they graduated after high school. After college, that dropped to 69%. But that, to me, is still remarkably high. And so we want to help bridge the gap by introducing students from all backgrounds to careers in marketing, design, advertising, video production, and more, but from people who look like them, from people who understand their experiences, from people who are caring and mindful of some of the things that they might have gone through. Again, I think through these two various programs that we have, and we have more as well, but through these two programs, we're just helping to tear down the obstacles. We're helping to encourage folks. You know, oftentimes high school students are already doing the things that they could be doing as a long-term career in high school. If you look at some of the things that these young people are doing on TikTok and on Twitter and Snapchat and all the other programs that I'm not quite yet familiar with, That's the early stages, if not the final stages of some of these careers that they could have as adults. And the goal is to help tear down these obstacles, bridge the gap, help people continue to climb the creative ladder in a way that feels safe and secure and considerate and mindful and less challenging. And so I have to ask, you're now an entrepreneur of multiple ventures. What were you into in high school? Did you think you'd end up becoming a creative entrepreneur? You know, I did. I was told, however, (laughs) that I was going to be the first Black woman president or the first Black woman Supreme Court justice. So in my mind, I was going to have to go to law school, practice law, do some of these things. And then my goal was to make a, and I didn't necessarily know this word at that time, but to make a hard pivot 
and to go into fashion. <laughs> I always wanted to be a fashion designer. I have loved coloring since I can remember. I love designing and putting things together, styling. Although at that time, again, I didn't necessarily know that it was styling. I always knew that I wanted to be creative. I always knew that I wanted to help people. And I thought like, okay, my family's pushing me in this law, legal industry area. I can go do that. I can make a little bit of money and then I can quit. And then I can, and again, I didn't know this word then, but pivot and become a fashion designer and help people through fashion was my goal. And so is that what you did? Did you end up going into law before founding your own clothing company? No, thank goodness I did not. I took the LSAT my junior year at Villanova University. It's just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the United States. And I got a negative 500 on it. I mean, that's not possible, but I failed it terribly. And I knew that the law was not the direction for me. I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer. I knew I didn't want to be of some attorneys in my family. And I just saw the levels of stress that they had. That wasn't the life that I had imagined for myself. Although at the time, I also thought that like 35 was old, you know, so I was thinking, well, I can do this until I'm 35 and then I can make a pivot. But thankfully, I did not do well on that test on the LSAT. And um, I came home for the summer after graduating from college. And he's okay, but my father had a heart attack at a very young age. I was the only person home with him at the time. And it just told me in that moment, I never wanted to be one of those 50-year-old women on Oprah saying, I wish I would have when I could have. And uh, Oprah's TV show was on daily at this time. And I did. I Once he was well, I packed up my things. I moved to Italy. Went to Milan and attended fashion design school, Istituto Madangoni, and I kind of never looked back, never thought about, you know, going to law school or anything again. And I did not necessarily know what the path ahead would be every step of the way, but I just kept walking. I think, you know, it's one of the most beautiful things about being young is you are brave. You may not even know it, but you are brave and courageous. And I was quite brave and quite courageous in my youth. Yeah. And so one of the things you mentioned that Creative Ladder really provides is this Leadership Academy kind of training and mentorship for people who want to go into creative fields and just the visibility of seeing people who look like them who are in these positions of leadership. Did you have anybody that you looked up to at that stage in your career who mentored you or who you said, like, that's who I want to be? That's my role model here? You know, and this is one of the most ironic things I can say, I still don't have a mentor. I have business adjacent mentors. When I was younger, I was very encouraged and inspired by my aunts. I love the ways in which they worked hard, the ways in which they were visible and always present with their family. I love the freedom that they had. I had muses, but I didn't necessarily have anyone that said like, that's what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to do, but I'd never had like someone to see it in. And even now, so I've just been sort of applying like what I feel in my heart and what I'm sensing in my mind and trying to make it apparent for someone else to see. I think, you know, again, my goal was to be creative, to help people. 
I loved music. I always wanted to be able to like, in my mind, I was told I was going to be working at a desk. So in my mind, I always wanted to be able to listen to music while working at a desk. And I always wanted to be able to travel. And sometimes some of those things happen at the same time. Sometimes they don't. But I couldn't be more proud of myself at this age. I'm 42 now. So I couldn't be more proud of myself at this age, looking back at that young lady at 21, 22 years old. You know, she made it happen. She's still making it happen. You know, lots of failing in public, but the importance of it all is that you just kind of fall down, but get back up again and keep going. And keep going. And so now with multiple businesses, I must ask, do you now listen to music at your desk and do you travel a lot? (laughs) (laughs) I, well, pre-pandemic, I did travel quite a bit. I don't know what part of the pandemic we're in now, but in this current phase of the pandemic, I have definitely tried to get as many trips in as I could in the last couple of months since things have kind of felt safer. I definitely do listen to music at my desk, although not as much as I would like to because I'm on Zoom more often than not, sadly. But when I do have my blocked out creative and design times, yes, I'm still listening to music at my desk. (laughs) Thank you for Wonderful. Living your goals then. (laughs) Living my goals. It's the little things, you know. Exactly. And so looking at the team at Creative Ladder, I saw that you have some great people on the board of directors who work at companies like Snap or Shia Day or VaynerMedia. And then, of course, one of your co-founders is Ryan Reynolds. So can you talk to me about assembling a team and how you get these, whether it's superstars in the entertainment industry or superstars in the advertising and marketing world, how do you assemble that team together? Absolutely. I mean, I think the first thing is to say that I was assembled. I was brought to this to be a co-founder and CEO, thankfully. Nearly two years ago, I was invited by David Greiner to have a conversation about Creative Ladder. The story sort of started a couple of months prior to that. Again, this is the summer of 2020. The world is upside down rotating in reverse and on fire all at the same time. And I was invited by Adweek and Ryan Reynolds to join the virtual brand week that they were having at that time. So everything had kind of made the move to go virtual. Ryan, as I now know, he is a human with a huge heart. He leads with his heart. His heart, you know, guides and directs him every step of the way. And his thought was to invite 100 generally marginalized creatives to attend Brand Week and that he would sponsor their attendance. It has been told to me, you know, that I was put on that list. I enjoyed Brand Week. I thoroughly, I learned so much. It was like a great break from the uncertainty of that time in the pandemic. It was a really rough time, if you can remember the summer of 2020. All of it was really tough, but the summer was really very tough. And I sent a couple of tweets saying, thank you. This is amazing. It's my understanding, as it's been told to me, that David and Ryan, David Greiner, who's also our co-founder, was at that time, had been working at Adweek. He ended up working there for a total of 14, 15 years. And he interviewed Ryan as keynote. And they were talking about some of the work that Ryan has been doing with GEI and making Hollywood and production way more diverse. And they kind of, you know, finished their conversation and were pinging each other back and forth about how can we expand this into the marketing and advertising world. The next thing I knew, and again, I didn't know that that was happening, but push it forward a couple of months later, I got a call and I was floored to say the least that David Greiner, who's, you know, a modern day hero in the advertising and marketing space and Ryan Reynolds were inviting me 
to be their co-founder. And it has been a wonderful, challenging, exciting two years that we've been uh, working on this collectively. The team that we have with our board is second to none. There's no way, again, modern day superheroes, and they all have the same, I don't want to speak for anyone, but they all have the same goal of helping to make talented creatives of color, next-gen creatives of color, have more access and to help lessen that opportunity gap for everyone. They went on a lot of their journey on their own, being the only. And as they're on this last part of their journey creatively with, you know, from the professional's perspective, excuse me, they're just sort of kicking those doors in and doing all that they can to help lift people up. And I couldn't be happier with our board. It's kind of amazing. And so bringing together three co-founders with very different experience and backgrounds, it sounds like from the beginning, there was a clear idea of like the overarching goal but I imagine it took some time to really clarify, like, how do we define our mission and who do we serve and what services will we offer? So can you talk a bit about that process and what that's like building an organization like this? Yeah, again, you know, they reached out to me in November 2020. So what folks don't understand is the unseen process. You know, it's been two years that we've been working on this day in and day out, weekly meetings, all on Zoom for the most part, until things got a little bit safer and we had vaccinations and so forth in 2021. But really just day in and day out on Zoom, having these amazing conversations <laughs> Being open, being honest, you know, doing lots of research, having lots of conversations. It's been my absolute honor to be here. And what was most amazing was we launched with an event on November 5th in New York City. So it was really very beautiful to see that our vision, our goals, our dreams, you know, the things that we had been planning, that not only was it successful, but that it felt successful to other people as well. And it felt you know, something like that they could approach and that they wanted to be a part of and seeing folks tweet and post on Instagram and on LinkedIn and the DMs and the emails, it fills my heart to no end to be a part of this organization and to know that we're making real impact with folks who are going to make real, if they're not already, they already are, but we'll continue to make real impact on the world in the future seeing that physical manifestation with the event right after all this virtual work and talking over the last two yeah, years. Yeah, and even just being able to gather, you know, like just being able, that was the first time I had been in a room of a hundred people in quite some time. So even just being able to gather was a blessing and you were able to feel everyone's energy, feel everyone's excitement, share the inspiration and sort of tap into that vigor for the future. You know, it was beautiful. It's wonderful. And so as a marketer, what are any kind of trends or movements that you're seeing in marketing that you're really excited about for the year ahead? I don't know if I would call myself a marketer. Maybe I am a marketer. I think I call myself a creative entrepreneur, but perhaps, you know, some of as the work that I do. As a creative entrepreneur, yes. <laughs> what trends are you seeing in the creative entrepreneurship space for the year ahead? Yeah, what I hope that I'm seeing that's not a trend is inclusivity and understanding that inclusivity can't just be DE&I, right? It can't just be diversity, equity, and inclusion. There also has to be belonging and a sense of belonging. I'm hoping that that is becoming less of a trend and much more of a mainstay and a part of you know the daily conversation. 
I hope that I'm seeing, you know, a implementation for people to constantly be centering all people, all walks of life. You know, it can't just be this particular majority. It has to be diverse in a variety of different ways where you're centering humanity. That's, you know, something that I've always tried to focus on is centering humanity, obviously understanding it from my perspective and helping other people understand my truths that I know to be true that they may not yet know to be true. But I think it is important, especially after these last few years, that we just remember to center humanity in a way that is loving and kind and warm and welcoming and holistic and healthy and sustainable. You know, we can kind of go on with the different words, but collectively we all have endured so much. And I'm hoping that as we continue moving forward and we see the ways in which creativity is moving forward, that it is inclusive, but that it also makes people feel as if they actually belong. Belonging. That's key. And so something though you may not think of yourself as a marketer, something that's clear to me in speaking with you is that you have been able to market yourself and develop this very strong personal brand for yourself. I mean, that's how you, to use your words, got collected um, (laughs) into this group and creative ladder. Is that something that has been deliberate on your part throughout your career, kind of defining yourself and who are what you do? Or is that something that's been kind of more accidental to wake up one day and realize like, hey, I I do have a personal brand for myself? I think it's kind of both and. You know, initially I had started my entrepreneurial career before Some of these social media platforms were here, but I also realized through these social media platforms as they became more popular that it could help me get the word out about some of the things that I was doing. I don't think that I intentionally ever wanted it to be about what Deanna Dorsey is doing. I'm now Deanna Dorsey Calloway, but at that time I was Deanna Dorsey. I don't (laughs) think I ever wanted it to be like, oh, this is what Deanna Dorsey was doing, but it was more or less to just show that you know, you can have something in your mind and you can actually create it and put it out into the world and it can make an impact and it can help people. And sometimes it's products, sometimes it's events, sometimes it's a mission, sometimes it's a collective. I think it's really important that we use the resources that we have to continue moving forward. And also just as a Black woman entrepreneur, I needed to keep paying the bills. So I also needed to keep letting people know what I was doing. And I've learned that by watching other folks do it exceptionally well. I'm definitely an elderly millennial, so sharing everything is not native to me, but I'm working on doing a better job at it. I mean, I can remember there was a time when I deleted very early on, like over a thousand followers on Instagram because I had posted a picture of myself and my niece and I just got nervous seeing people respond and talk about my young niece. So it's still tough for me. I think also now that I'm older, there's just a lot of things that I keep closer to the chest. But more importantly, it's great that we have access to these social media platforms to be able to share resources and to let people know like, hey, this is Creative Ladder. This is what we do. This is who we intend to serve. And this is what we're all about. You know, come join our community. Absolutely. And so speaking of getting the word out, you mentioned that the Creative Ladder Leadership Academy is kicking off in 2023. Do you already have the students enrolled in that? Or if listeners are interested or know someone who would be interested, how would they find more information about that? We have not yet made that information public, but we will have lots of programming for 2023. And if you stay tuned to our website, creativeladder.org, follow us on social media, we're ladder.org on Twitter and Creative Ladder Org on Instagram. Follow us on LinkedIn. 
you can be well-informed just by knowing everything that we're doing. We do have lots of programming coming down the pipeline that we're really very excited about. And I can't wait to be able to continue meeting our young, talented folks and helping them continue to climb. Absolutely. Well, Deanna, thank you so much for joining us today virtually to share your story and your expertise and tell us more about the work Creative Ladder has been doing and will be doing. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. It's been my honor to be here. I really appreciate our time together. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.